Okay, hello, welcome and bienvenue, konnichiwa, it's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 184 on Monday, the 17th of May, yes. officer, if you're listening, I'm Armish Phil, I'm Armish Ben, and I'm Armish Matt, and tonight's guest is astrotheologist and author Mika Dank, how are you doing Mika? How are you? Super, we love us we love a bit of astrotheology, yeah. and a bit of theology and ancient history and all this sort of stuff, so... I think it's going to be fun. Yep, looking forward to it. Um, you've written a few books, haven't you? You've got four books out at the minute. We've got four out. Uh, the fifth one comes out a month from yesterday. And the sixth one comes out September 15th. Wow. wow. And these are fictional, correct? It's truth and fiction. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've written a lot of the stuff that I'm going to share with you guys uh, in a fictional environment so that it's easier to learn. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not saying it's all it's all make believe, but you're using fiction or novels to uh, transmit this stuff that you've been researching for years and yeah. years now. Sorry? No, exactly. Absolutely. Cool. Um we've got a really cool looking uh, slide up on the screen. I don't know. I mean, uh, is there anything you want to sort of tell us to set the stall out before we dive in with uh, what you've got on this uh what is it, a PDF or something? Uh, it's a PowerPoint. Um, it's you know, we could just jump right in, to be honest. I should probably say, um, anyone who's listening, uh, it'd be a good chance to nip over to the YouTube channel of the Odyssey because we're going to be looking at all this, all these slides. So um, good idea to sign up now. But, yeah, fuck, uh, we're in your hands, Mika. Take it away. Hmm. All right, sounds good. So if I'm going to ask you guys, I'll start with a question. What do you consider to be the oldest, let's say, writings on Earth? Ooh. Cave, cave things, things in caves. Yep, there you it's go. Pictorial, isn't it? Right. Yep. They, some people would say like uh, hieroglyphs. Some people would say like the Sumerian text. Um, some people say caves, and that's correct because the caves, the Alaska caves, were forty thousand years old. And what these were were these caves that they found in France. Okay, in Lascaux, France, they went to these caves. <clears throat> they went deep into them, and they found things like this on them. You see the bull at the top. You see the lions, the many faces of the lions on the right, and you see the horse on the bottom. Now, in astrology, you know that the bull is Taurus, the lion is Leo, and the horse is Sagittarius, the man with the bow and the arrow on the horse. What they did was they carbon dated this wall, and they found that it was about 40,000 years, plus or minus 5,000 years. And then what they did was they... Um, brought in an astronomer with the computer because we have the computer technology to do this now. And what they did was they um, they rewound the sky back 40,000 years and they printed out the constellations for what they looked like. And what they did was they superimposed it on this and it just so happened that the pictures of the ball was exactly where Taurus was. On the wall where the lion was, Leo was. And this is 40,000 years. So they've known about the Zodiac for 40,000 years. 
The zodiac plays a huge role in the Bible and in other things as well, too. It's the most important science that's out there. Um, <clears throat> you have questions in the Bible, how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday is on December 25th. All that can be answered with astrology, and we're going to answer that. Okay? Cool. So you have Genesis 114 that says, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and the years. What the Bible is, is it's an encoded astrology book that basically allows you to, when you can understand how to decode it and you can start to read it properly, it's encoded a bunch of astrological information in there. And the reason behind it is because when the Bible came out 5,000 years ago, um, that we take for granted, like the calendar, the clocks, we take for granted all of that, that we know uh, when to plant, that we know when to harvest, that we know when winter's coming, all these things they didn't know. So they had to look at the stars, you know, they basically had the sun, <clears throat> which tells you what time of day it is. And then you have the moon, which tells you what day of the month it is. And then you have um, the stars, the constellations, the zodiac, which tells you which month it is. Okay, so that's what the Bible is. It's basically a farmer's almanac, and we're going to get into that. But first... <laughs> He's on the phone. <laughs> but first... I have to go over the 12 signs with you. Now, are you guys familiar with the Zodiac at all? Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, we've, okay, had a few, we've, we've had a few. Well, we've had Dave Matheson, haven't we, on Astro Theology and Gary Kidgel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not, this isn't completely unfamiliar to us. It's not our okay, first radio. Well, it's going to be some new stuff, definitely, because a lot of this is my own work. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, all right, so basically, you have Aquarius. And the first sign is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. Okay, so whenever whenever you hear the son of man, or they reference the son of man, or man, or um, let's say fountain, for example, or water pitcher, or baptism, they're talking about Aquarius, and I'll show you how that comes up. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. So when you're talking about water-based activities, like being in a lake or or or, or something of that nature. They're talking about Pisces or Aquarius. Now, Aquarius is an air sign. It's not a water sign. Pisces is actually a water sign. However, because there is a picture of water in Aquarius, it can also be used to talk about water. Then Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover. So the Jewish people celebrate the Passover which is when God passes over Egypt with the 10th plague and kills all the firstborn children. However, the Passover in astrotheology is literally when the sun passes over, the day the sun passes over the equator and starts its trip back up to the summer solstice. That's when the days get longer. That's when things start to blossom. That's when, you know, it's, it's good times, basically. In Christianity, the Passover is changed and called the resurrection of God's son. So it's two separate words, two separate phrases, but they mean the same thing. Um, Aries, the Jewish people are the people of Aries, which is why they um, smear the lamb's blood on the door in order to protect them. It's also why they the lamb's blood the sky. Oh. Okay? 
Yeah, go on. Now, Taurus is the bull, and basically it's as a bonus. I'm sorry? So you just broke up a tiny bit there. It's, it's back now. It's okay. Excuse me. <laughs> so Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during season, you look up to the sky, you see the bull. You have to put the plow on the bull on Earth in order to plant. Because Taurus is when you plant everything. Right. Okay, so whenever they're talking about a bull or a calf or a cow, they're talking about Taurus. Okay. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways moving creature. So what the sun does is starting on December 25th, it rises a degree on its axis every single day. And every day it rises a degree higher and higher. On June 21st, it's at its peak. That's the summer solstice. So what happens is for three consecutive days after that, it stays at that height. Then on June 25th, it drops a degree, and then it continues to drop a degree every single day until it hits December 21st, which is the lowest day, which is the winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year. It's the shortest day. They, they used The ancients used to say that God's sun was dead. That's the day that the sun dies. And then, like, like in June for three days, just like in uh, December for three days. So they would say God's sun was dead for three days. And then basically on December 25th, it comes back to life. So Leo is the king, he's the lion, he's the king of the jungle, and the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they're talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth or something to that effect, it's a metaphor for, for the sun being in Leo because the sun actually rules Leo, okay? Yeah. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. And I uh, remember before we said you plant in Taurus, well, basically the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo. That's why it's a virgin holding a wheat stalk, because the young ladies would go out and they would pick all the wheat in order to make bread for the year. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's sun as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. The Jewish people always celebrate their new year around the fall equinox. So you're going to have words like judgment, judging the judge to be judged if you've been judged things of that nature they're talking about libra when they're talking about judgment when they talk about like the tax or divorce things that have to do with law and justice okay libra is also wine season and olive season so when they talk about a grapevine or when they talk about um grapes so they're talking about the vineyard the parable of the vineyard they're talking about libra so in Virgo, you have the bread, and in Libra, you have the wine. That's the bread and the wine. And then Scorpio is the scorpion. He is known as the betrayer. And the reason he's the betrayer is because when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. Okay? It's where the mafia gets the kiss of death from. Okay? And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with the kiss. You know, he didn't point them out in the crowd. He didn't stone him. He went up to him and gave him a kiss because... He's metaphorically Scorpio, and Jesus is the sun. So the sun is judged in Libra and betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. Um, and we went over December 21st being the day of death. So the day of death is in Sagittarius. So when they're talking about death, they're referring to this particular day, December 21st. So it's a metaphor. Yeah. And then Capricorn, because the zodiac wheel, Capricorn's at the bottom, and the sun starts its climb in Capricorn, basically climbing up the metaphorical mountain. And 
and the goats climb the mountain better than anyone else. So that's why that symbol is a goat. <laughs> and those are basically the 12 signs. Do you guys, is that, is any of that new to you guys? Do you have any questions? Yeah, a lot of it's new. I, I ant, I ant twigged the, uh, that last one actually, the goat. And is this, I guess when they talk about the scapegoat in, in Jewish theology, is that related yeah. to Capricorn, Capricorn then? Check this out. Names for Jesus. Jesus is the sun, remember? So when the sun's in Capricorn, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man. When the sun is in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. Pisces is the two fish. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. He's the lamb of God when the sun is in Aries. He's the lion of Judah when the sun is in Leo. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra is the scales of justice. He's known as the just one. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio, dies in Sagittarius on December 21st, and it's also why he's worshipped on the sun day. So these are all names for Jesus that they call him in church openly, not knowing where it comes from. Okay, now look at this picture of white Jesus on the left, okay? (laughs) All right? You're telling me that's not what he looked like? No, this is a stereotypical picture of what Jesus looks like, okay? There's anomalies. Now, the sun is always behind Jesus. Anytime you Google pictures of Jesus, the sun will always be behind his head. And that's because he represents the sun. He'll always have the two fingers up like this. The two fingers up like this are an ancient comedic peace sign. It's an ancient Egyptian peace sign. This right here is a British victory war sign. Okay, so whenever anyone gives you this, it's a war sign. This is the actual peace sign. Togetherness. And this separation. The white Jesus picture is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who's the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. See, this Pope lived in the 1500s, around the time the printing press came out. He decreed that his son would be the face of, and yes, popes used to have kids before. Not all of them were... uh, took their oath seriously, so to speak. Um, They would never get married, but they would definitely have children. And uh, before then, there was no picture of him. It was decided his picture would be the face of. If you guys wanted to picture, pick up, pull up a picture of Caesar Borgia, you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm. It's the same face. Um, Then basically you have the crown of thorns around the heart outside the body. The heart is always outside the body, so is the crown of thorns. The crown, Jesus had the crown of thorns around his head. Here it's around the heart. The crown of thorns wrapped around the heart represents the rays of the sun. So that's what it is. So Jesus is the sun, and the thorns are the sun's rays as they shoot out. The heart outside the body represents the human toroidal field. Okay? It's basically, you call it, some people call it an aura. It's a six-foot thing that electromagnetically comes out of your body. And it just, it's a, it's a toroidal field. Okay, basically, um, you guys are sitting right next to each other, so your toroidal fields are actually interacting with one another. Uh, but you ever just know when somebody's gross. coming up behind you? Yeah, I wondered what that smell was. Sorry. <laughs> it's this Matt's toroidal field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just break up a bit there. You ever, uh, you ever just notice when someone yeah. has no clue? Mm-hmm. It's because they broke your toroidal field. That's what they basically do. Um, that's why the elites are trying to keep everyone six feet apart is because the toroidal field is six feet. So is this like an electromagnetic thing? Yes. Right. Ooh. right. It's a toroidal field. Have you ever seen it? It almost looks like an apple. 
Right. Yeah. No, I'm not. I've never. I've never heard that before. The, the toroidal mm-hmm. field. It's an interesting thing. I'm familiar, I'm familiar with the electromagnetic field around the Earth, and that looks like a bit like an apple, doesn't it? Comes out. Yeah, it goes in the two. It's meat, don't they? Mm. Like it? So it's like an apple. Yeah. Um, which all goes into sacred geometry, which we're not going to do right now. Though, but <laughs> next time. Uh, so, are you guys? Are you guys familiar with any biblical verses? Mm. No, not a lot. Bits and bobs. I mean, we all went to Catholic school, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's not like strict Catholic school over here. It's. Uh... Have you ever heard of the phrase "pride comes before the fall"? Yeah. Yeah. All right. One of you guys, can you explain it to your listeners what you what it, what it's supposed to mean? Uh. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's to do with the ego, isn't it? And the, yeah. And then just summarize it real quick. It doesn't have to be perfect. Well, it's just that if you're really egotistical, and that's what pride is sort of based on, it's it's leading up to you 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 building an expectation that you're going to fall at some point. Mm. Pride right. before that's the fall. However, you know what a group of lions is called? Pride flock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pride. pride. Yeah. So pride is lion. Lion is Leo. Leo's in July and August. That comes before the fall. Ah, right. Right. So when's when's Leo? July? Yeah, Leo is in July and August. Right, and then fall. Right, got you. (laughs) So these are, it's it's real simple. This stuff is easy. Uh, Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. In Hebrew, so basically they're saying that the Savior is going to come from Bethlehem. In Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. Okay, so it's the house of bread. Each zodiac sign is called a house. So it's the house of Aquarius, the house of Aries, the house of Pisces. Um, So the house of bread is Virgo, the virgin with the wheat stalk. So what this is really saying is the Savior will come from the house of bread. The Savior will come from a virgin. Right, yeah. Not Bethlehem, the town, but it'll come from a virgin. It's a metaphor. Mm. So I gave you guys basically the breakdown of what words to look for, okay? And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to show you one that you could basically just count on your own to see how many signs. I'll emphasize them, of course. But just basically count how many signs. This is Deuteronomy 32. It says, he gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. <laughs> they had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes, but Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a ball. So you see how many metaphors for the zodiac signs are just in that one passage? Yeah, it's yeah. loads. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And there's two that you don't even recognize because I didn't go over them yet. He gave them honey from the cliffs. Okay. In the sign cancer, there's a group of stars called the beehive cluster. It's known as an asterism. So it's the beehive cluster. So that's where the honey comes from. (laughs) And then you have the herd. uh, He gave people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. Those are both milk based. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Whose center is in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's your land of milk and honey. It's not on Earth. It's a metaphor for the celestial heavens. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, the land of milk and honey. And honey being cancer. Yeah, the beehive cluster and cancer. Wow. Olive oil being in Libra. Yeah. Lambs is, is Aries. Goats is Capricorn. Rams is Aries. Wheat is Virgo. Yeah. Wine is Libra. The bull is Taurus. So this is how they encode things. <coughs> hmm. This is astrotheology. This is how it's encoded in there. You want me to keep going? Absolutely. Mount of Olives. So Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so that he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Now, this is how you start to decode this, okay? It's important to know that if you imagine the zodiac wheel and we're talking about a specific sign, the next passage in the Bible okay, after the sign has been decoded, is either going to be your next sign or your previous sign or its cross sign. So when you're using the the zodiac to basically know all the key words in it, and you're like, all right, that's Aries, then it's going to, I'll show you, Passover takes place in Aries, okay? Where right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Well, olives are in Libra, so that just crosses over the zodiac wheel. Aries and Libra are opposing signs. Okay, they're in Libra. They're waiting for Judas to betray him. Well, the betrayer is Scorpio, which is the next sign over from Libra. Okay, Mm. and in Libra, because he was still in Libra, he gave the parable of the true vine or vineyard or wine press. That's once again Libra. So this is just an example. As I'm going to go into the book of Matthew, I'm going to show you how the whole thing is just astrology. Literally, the whole thing is just astrology. And uh, this is what you need to know. You need to know you get a crossover. go around and then you're gonna like this and then maybe like this and then you're gonna jump across it's never gonna go from one random sign to another okay right yeah have i lost you guys yet nope okay good revelation four seven there's people that take it literally i believe this is this is the second was like an ox the third had a face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was a flying eagle. So in astrology, the Scorpio is the belly crawling creature, much like God commanded the snake to crawl on its belly after Eve was deceived. It's the lowest form of life on earth. However, the Scorpio's evolved form in astrology is the eagle. Okay, and the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. So the eagle is actually Scorpio. So Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. If you take the zodiac wheel and you connect the solstices and the equinox, they form a perfect cross through the zodiac wheel. That's the cross. Oh, is he still there? Maker's broken up. Mm. Lost him. He's just talking about eagles, beast of the revelation. I think he's gone. He's totally frozen. Is there any way to fix it from our end? You think? Yeah, no. I think maybe he needs to uh, turn his camera off and or log out and log back in again. Yeah. Sometimes it'll you'll have to kick him out or he'll come back. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Eagle being Scorpio. Bit like Pokemon. 
All this evolving. Well, you know what else it is? Those four signs. What? The Sphinx. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gone. Oh. Yeah, the well, four. Uh, we'll have to make thinking. up our own uh, <laughs> our own mind. <laughs> yeah, the Sphinx is a composite creature, isn't it? Body of a lion, head of a man, wings of an eagle. It's got wings on it. Yeah, the Sphinx. I mean, uh, not they the, eroded in all that rain. <laughs> <coughs> they're not the Egyptian Sphinx, but the um, like the. Oh no, that's cherubims, weren't it, on the Ark of the Covenant? But yes, but in in mythology and stuff, um, Sphinxes have wings. They're a composite of the four opposing signs. He's back. Mika's back. Yeah. Can you hear us, Mika? I'm back, though. I don't know how often this is going to happen. I apologize, guys. I'm using a hotspot. That's not um, um, Did I, I, I... Okay, so where was I? Did I read this one to you yet? Revelation 12? No, we nope, had... No. Um, we were up to eagles, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, four. so a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the sky, a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun in Virgo. Virgo is the woman. And if the sun is... Okay. Now, if the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. And that's because the zodiac has 12 signs. The sun spends two hours in each sign. That gives you the 24 hour day clock. So, Virgo is around 4 p.m. So, that's still daytime. Okay. So, if the sun is out during the day, then the moon will be down. And if the moon is up, then the sun will be down. Makes sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco to my left is the dragon. Draco is the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfth or one third of the stars out of the sky. <laughs> so these are all just metaphors. Yeah. There's no there's no woman in the sky with a dragon that's going to attack her. That's not. This is just these are just star metaphors. It said before on, I think it was on the previous slide about the seven. There was seven there. I was just wondering if that was maybe the Pleiades or something. Or the well, seven well, sisters, the seven is it? Stars. They mentioned the seven stars, which are the Pleiades, the seven sisters, as they're known. No. Um, I don't get into too much numerology. If they have numbers, I kind of ignore it because it's too interpretive. Mm-hmm. People will be like, it means this, no, it means this. Now, this is pretty clear when you read it a certain way that it's meant to be read, read a certain way, but I don't get into the numbers in numerology. No, fair enough. You familiar with the Book of Job? A little bit. So do you want to explain to your listeners, I guess, who Job was and what his deal was, basically? He was the pious guy, wasn't he? And, and didn't yeah. Satan have a bet with God that if I... Uh, if you put, if you punish him, basically that he'll he'll fail and he'll he'll uh, um, give up his faith in God. So he was tested in that way. Right. So what I'm going to read to you is God's response to him, and I'm going to show you how it's just encoded astrology. Okay. Right. Job thirty-eight, thirty-two. The first thing God says. Remember, these are supposed to be God's actual words. God says, "Can you lead forth the Maserat? The Maserath literally means the Zodiac. So right away he's asking him, do you know your Zodiac? Over time, Lord, Maserath becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, 
which literally means good fortune from the stars. And you know how old that word is. You know? So the Lord's challenge to Job. His first two are, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are obvious. Those are, those are metaphors for the stars, you know? Then he goes, can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above. The bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of heavens? That's clearly Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga, which means deer and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's Astellus Borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. You see where this is going, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just okay, full of metaphors, isn't it? Mm. These are all just star metaphors. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give afraid of nothing along with the flashing spear and lance that's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow does the eagle sort your command and build its nest on high that's Aquila which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator finally he says can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook Levethian is the fish god so that's the fish Pisces so that's God's entire challenge back to uh, Job it's just star metaphors. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be taken literally. Wow. What do you guys think so far? I'll take a quick break. What do you guys think? Oh, there's a lot of metaphors <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's a lot to take in, isn't there? Because you've, yeah. you've given so many different examples. Mm. Um, but I guess this is, this is a big book, so the, there are going to be a lot of examples you can find. I mean, right. I wonder... Is this something that's been transmitted orally and then recorded in this book? Or did the people who were writing this do it consciously? Consciously sort of recording these metaphors? for? I wasn't, I wasn't there. There's so many writers of the Bible, but they basically all knew this. They, what they did was they had to hide this secret information in the Bible. Because what do you do with the sacred information, the, se- the most holy information? This tells you how to stay alive. Because if you don't know your calendar, you don't know the zodiac wheel, you don't know when to plant, you're going to starve later. You don't know winter's going to come. You don't know when the sun's going to go down. A million things can kill you. Winter is cold, it'll kill you. You know, they basically hid all this stuff in the Bible. And because it was basically in code, this was the secret information. And in the year 325 AD, Constantine united everybody under literal Christianity. But before that, Christians were known as heliomastics. That was the name for them. And helios in Greek means uh, sun. And gnosis is to, is to know, the sun knowers. They were sun worshippers, which is all this is. This is all the Bible is. It suggests that. I'm going to show you more examples. I'm sorry? It sort of, um, does it suggest that maybe the early priesthoods were keeping this knowledge to themselves. Yes, absolutely. This was in COVID. It was hidden. Mm. Wow. And, I mean, most people couldn't even read, you know, when these books were written. So that's another sort of uh, gatekeeping thing that's at play. 
Wow. So, these questions from earlier. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys remember? Oh, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit quiet. You, I think it's when you sit back. I may be a bit far away from Mike when you sit back. It seemed to break okay. up a little bit. I don't know. So it says, how is Jesus able to heal the blind? If he's the son of God, S-O-N, the story is, is a man came to him and Jesus touched him on the eyes. And he was able to see. But if he's the son, S-U-N, when it's dark, the sun is down. But when it comes up and touches your eyes, suddenly you can see again. No? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, see. how he how he walked on water. You ever see a sunset on a lake before? Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same thing. How he turned water into wine. So the reason that God is a man, or God is always referred to as a he, and earth is always mother earth, referred to as a she, is because of God's sacred fluid. It's his reign. Uh-huh. In Hebrew, the word is shemen. We get the word semen from it in yeah. modern day English. It's his sacred fluid. His sacred fluid impregnates mother earth and from her belly all things grow okay so it starts so the bull comes out right and then you have to put the plow in the bull that's when you plant and that's april showers bring may flowers that's tourist season and then what happens is it rains and it rains and it rains and it rains and then eventually what happens is it continues to rain throughout the year and then you pull the grapes in september and that's how you and then you smash them and then you get the wine that's how you turn god's water into wine yeah, it's reminiscent of uh, John Marco Allegro's stuff, isn't it, from 70-odd years ago about the uh, the semen coming down. It seems to be a common theme from sort of pre-Abrahamic pagan stuff, doesn't it, this uh, yeah. analogy? Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Why he had 12 disciples, each one of them, each disciple is one of the zodiac signs. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we went over that. Why he was dead for three days, we went over that. Why is his birthday on December 25th, we went over that too. Yeah. So it's not just there. What I can do for you guys now, if you'd like, is I could show you, because I've given you random passages, and I've given you a longer passage in the book of Job. But I can go through the entire book of Matthew with you right now and show you how it's all astrology and how it works, if you guys are interested. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go for it. Okay. Because this is the last part of the presentation. Okay, cool. Okay, so the book of Matthew. Now, you'll notice that I put Zodiac uh, pictures on the left, okay? Mm -hmm. And I kind of highlighted the area to look. Mm -hmm. So Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, I mentioned that the kingdom of heaven is in Leo because the sun rules Leo, okay? So I have to mention that each one of these these, um, gospels starts at a, a, a crucial point in the zodiac wheel at a solstice or an equinox. Okay, and the closest one to Leo is June 21st in Cancer, the summer solstice. So that's where this one starts. Mm-hmm. Then this is the firmament. You've heard of the word firmament before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Firmament has nothing to do with with being a dome and coasting a flat earth or any of that kind of <laughs> shit. Um, the firmament is literally the dividing between the zodiac signs. You can see these lines right here. Oh, right. When, yeah. Okay, that's what the firmament is. Uh, in the Bible, it says the firmament shows God's handiwork. And <clears throat> what you'll notice, too, is when I have the line in between these two, so it's at the firmament, 
if the zodiac, if we're talking about something and it's in between two signs, it could be used to talk about either sign. So it's cancer, I could talk about honey, or Leo, I could talk about lions, cubs, lionesses, things of that nature. Okay? If it's just in Leo, then it only talks about Leo. Okay? So now that we have that done, the next passage is Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. So I'm going to take a picture of a man and superimpose it onto the Zodiac wheel. I'm going to take Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, just to make a point, okay? Yeah. Cancer is the head. You see the head is in cancer. That's where the mouth is, okay? That's why he eats honey, because the beehive cluster is where his head is. Lower on the wheel, okay, the body, the clothes are made out of camel hair. Camel hair, or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. Okay, so you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body, you get the midsection. You see where it's Taurus, and I've drawn it to the midsection? Yep. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow, which is where you get the leather. And regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So next would be the baptism. So how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo, which is where we were, okay, to the cross sign? You just basically go across, okay? Here we see how it makes from one firmament to another, okay? Okay. The man with the water pitcher is Aquarius, okay? It's important to note that the John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. And when you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And also, if you don't think that's what that means, you can also know that St. John's Day is officially celebrated on June 24th. So that actually is exactly what it means. It's just encoded. Um, So the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're at the Cancer Leo firmament right now, right? Mm. Okay, so basically he's tempted for 40 days. So just literally count 40 days. It takes you to September 2nd, which is right in the middle of of, uh, Virgo. Okay, remember the bread? Yeah, yeah. Watch this. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see the mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is in Virgo. Um, <clears throat> Matthew five seventeen and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the first. So we were in Virgo. And now we're in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. So we can talk about Libra. Okay, Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? So once again, it's in the firmament, so it goes back from Libra to Virgo. Matthew 7, 15, 16. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? Okay, those are the two phrases. Well, the sheep is Aries, and the grapes and the thorn bushes are Libra. Those are opposing signs. That's why they were mentioned. Okay, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. So you just walk down the zodiac wheel from Libra until the barrier of Aquarius and Pisces. Okay, so like I said, you either move forward or you jump across. That's basically what it is. So its cross sign is the Leo Virgo firmament, that is Aquarius and Pisces. 
Okay, you got it. He sat beside the lake. The lake is is, is a water sign, right? Makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk the grains. Isn't it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? So we know that it crosses back over. Then it comes right back because it's the fishing net parable. And then you have Pisces, the two fish. Do you, you, do you see how, how this, this whole thing works? Mm. Yeah, it looks like there's a system at work, doesn't there? A sim- symbolical yeah. system that's sort of describing how you, how you monitor what's going on in the heavens for obvious reasons, because at the time, you know, people were completely reliant on this information for survival. Yep. This is hidden. So then Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer, okay? How do we know this? Because the firmament of Gemini Cancer cuts into, if you, if you follow it across, hits the firmament of Sagittarius Capricorn. That's December 21st. That's the day of death. Now watch what happens. The next story is the death of John the Baptist. So that's how you know that's what it does. Um, we did that. This is the cross of God's son. This is what it looks like. This is when you com- when you connect the solstices in the equinox. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were just in Virgo, and now we're in Libra, which is law and wine and olives, remember? So what stories do we get now? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiven debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. Wow. So as you guys can see how this is encoded in plain sight. Then next, we were just in labor. Next is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is the part where Judas betrays him with a kiss. And then here's where Jesus is crucified. So you go from Libra to Scorpio, and now you go into the firmament of Sagittarius. So it's those three signs in a row. He's betrayed. He's killed. And then he rises in Capricorn on the resurrection. And that is the book of Matthew. That's every line in the book of Matthew. like a whistle stop to around the the Bible the horoscope isn't it <laughs> oh the uh, what's it called not the horoscope no. the um, zodiac zodiac yeah it's amazing mm. Mm. so I mean, was that so diff- was that different kind of astro theology that you guys were used to um kind of it's more related to the Bible would you say yeah I mean yeah the way yeah what you've shown is is, is Bible heavy isn't it mm. which is fair enough yeah, you must get a lot of pushback. I don't. Do you not? No. I get I get some trolls and haters, but like yeah. I don't I don't. I get more people that are like blown away by this. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking you know, some people uh, have so much invested in these these gospels and these stories and whatever and and when you when you show evidence like this, it'll I would have thought that it'll rock some people, you know. Well, that's the idea. I'm hoping that some of your uh, some of your fans will reach out to me, want to see more information, or mm. um, I'm going to read you one last. There's one last slide, and then I'll get out of this screen share and come back and do with you guys. Okay. But <clears throat> so, if you didn't hear about it before, do you agree now that there's astrology hidden in the Bible? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So watch this. Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. This is your people, by the way, you guys. <laughs> all forms of di- 
two on one six. All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens, and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and the last analysis. Other human beings as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. So we know that there's astrology in the Bible. They openly talk about it. They, the whole thing is pretty much hidden. And yet the Roman Catholic Church tells you that it's evil. Mm. Heresy. Mm. So it's a big cover-up then, basically. I'm just a guy guy from Long Island that just like decodes this with with a very simple tool. You know, I can't be the only one that knows this. Yeah, but what is is it not possible that it's kind of um, a mixing of uh, sort of folklore and myth and legend and stuff that's kind of mixed into um, because there was there there is some contemporary evidence that a guy called Jesus was alive, isn't there, and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, there are texts from outside the Bible that reference characters from the Gospels, like mm. Pontius Pilate, Mary Magdalene, John the Baptist. Well, I, I, I don't think what Maker's saying is that it's all oh, no, no, yeah, no, fabricated. No, 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 that's what I mean. I mean, is it, it's like an amalgam, isn't it, of... Yeah, written over a number of years and it's literally absorbs literally like, if I were to write... Um, if I were to write a fictionalised account of, like something current these days you know you can use real characters like i use in the book i use real characters real places real history yeah you know the storyline is fake but the info is true yeah it's no different with this yeah Yeah. i don't think jesus ever existed i think the evidence is too overwhelming that he's the son just like everything else is however like pontius Pilate, you know there were mentions in the bible of it but you know they don't even mention the word cat in the bible so I don't even know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like, does that mean cats don't exist? Oh, the world would be a better place, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog person. You're a, you're a dirty pussy yeah, lover, aren't you? I certainly am. Yeah. <laughs> why do you have to lower the tone? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, why? Why did you get into this, Mika? Why? Um... I came across Jordan Maxwell and Santos Bonocci and it kind of blew my mind. So I studied them because it was like the answers that I was looking for. Nothing else really made sense to me until I started understanding some of this. Like 85% of that presentation is my own work. And I've done the book of Revelation, the book of Enoch. I've done the book of Job. I've done the book of Raziel. I've done, I've done so many books. They have the secret Gnostic uh, gospel of John. Yeah. You know, they all can be decoded the same way. You know, I gave you guys the tools. I, I told you what to look for. Mm. Do you think you, know, um, you mentioned there the Apocrypha of John, Book of Enoch and whatnot. Do you think maybe that those books were edited out of the canon because they were more I overt? Was, I used to think it was because it was more, there was more astrology mm. uh, directly speaking of it instead of encoded. But now I don't know so much. I, I really have no idea why these books were left out. But I can tell you this, is that I could do a show with you guys on the Book of Enoch that would take up an hour, and I'll show you how it's the same thing. I'll decode it the same exact way. Mm. 
you have mm. to wonder why these, you know, it's quite interesting, like the formative years of Christianity, how these other sects were, sects were sort of uh, persecuted, isn't it? Like the Gnostics that you mentioned, and, you know, what is the reasoning behind that? Well, they made it literal in 325 AD. Yeah, and that was the pretty much the end of them. The the uh, the Gnostics I mean, there's and people out there who literally think that there's going to be a pregnant woman in the sky and a dragon trying to eat her, <laughs> and then you can explain it so easily. But they in their brain, when you explain it the way I did, mm. they, their brain can't take it; they can't handle it. Well, people have so much invested in in these. I said it before, didn't I? In these stories, you see, they've. They've been brought up maybe from birth, you know, depending on what religion your family were. That generally is what religion your children will be. And when you're sort of groomed is probably the, an inappropriate word. But when you're uh, raised, yeah, in a tradition, then it's very hard. You know, if you get into mm. your 40s or 50s and then to see someone like you break this down, I mean, it's that cognitive dissonance, isn't it? People won't want to believe it's exactly it. exactly what it is. Mm. I know, I think I have a hard time... Can I ask you a question, though? Is your t-shirt two raccoons having sex? I can't tell. <laughs> it's one raccoon having no. sex. The way it was, like, folded over, I couldn't tell. It looked like one was okay. Oh, it's, it's just Bert Raccoon. He might... No, he's not masturbating. No, it's just one raccoon not masturbating. Oh, my word. Um, you know, one of sort of the implications of what, you, what you've shown us tonight is the existence of God, isn't it? Does this does this make you, this research, seeing that all this information that's supposedly encoded is related to agriculture and star worship and whatever, does this mean that you, you have not a man of no faith? I do, believe in, I do believe in God. I don't believe... My God is somewhere between living inside me and kind of like what Einstein says about Spinoza... Like God just created all this wonderful stuff. Be happy, you know. I see. I see the the heavens as a, a clock that we're entombed by. Right. You know. I see that. That's that's our unit. That's how we figure things out until we move forward. And if we ever had a cataclysmic event, like we had like a world nuclear war or something, figuring out the stars and what to do, when to plant, what to do, all that shit. That's first on the list. Finding God is not on that list. First thing is survival. First thing is knowing when the animals come out. You look at the you you look at the sky. You see the bull. You learn the bull. You know to plant during the bull. You don't plant. You don't eat. Mm. All this shit is right there. It's all in there, and then that's what they basically encoded in this in a way to keep from people. But when you decode it this way, it just makes so much more sense. I'm not like I'm not using like apologetics, which is what you have to use in religion to explain how like a donkey talks in the Bible. Okay, that's something called apologetics. Okay, I don't use that. I use the zodiac and the constellations. They knew 48 constellations. We know 88 are now. They knew 48 constellations, including the 12 zodiac. That's all I'm using to decode this. That's it. And I'd like to think that I've made some sense onto you guys, at least, about it. Do you know, one of the things that um, interests me, which I don't think you touched on in your presentation, is this procession of the equinoxes. Yes. And the, the long count, the long calendar. Is, mm. is this encoded as well? Well, you got to think of it this way. Like, real quick, I could tell you this, is that 
the 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 Egyptians were the main prevalent people in the age of Taurus. I mean, you could see hieroglyphs with the bull and the sun between its horns. I mean, they, they don't even hide it. They tell you that they worship the sun. And then in areas you have the Jews who become the big people, and the Egyptians kind of fade away a little bit. And the Jews are the big people. And the Jews, they blow the ram's horn to the sky. You know, they have the lamb's blood. They have the shank bone on the Passover plate. We celebrate the Passover. All that stuff. And then they start to fade, don't they? Their numbers go down. And then the Christians come up in Pisces, and you have Jesus who feeds the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Two fish, incidentally, is Pisces, and the five loaves of bread are the loaves of bread that's uh, Virgo. Those are opposing signs, once again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's what he feeds them with. And uh, that's why you have the Jesus fish on the car. It's the center of the Vesica Pisces. Okay. And uh, you have all this stuff. And now we're in the age of Aquarius. And what's basically going to happen is if, if history repeats itself, which it's probably going to, unless the shit comes out full force. And I probably sound like crazy when I say this, but I don't, is there's going to be a new religion in Aquarius. There's going to be with, and, and you're going to be, we're so early into it. We're only like eight or nine years into Aquarius that we can't even tell what it is. But the fact that we have like internet now where we can just talk overseas and everything and, and everything is instant. Everyone's got camera phones and everything. It'd be hard to start a new religion. So I personally think that the new religion is going to be merging with machines. Wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's talking the procession of the equinox because you're going backwards in the signs. Yeah. Every two thousand. So that's basically my take on the on the last four equinox, the last four zodiac signs. So transhumanism. Yeah. yeah. You think might be the next big thing? Absolutely. Welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, frightening. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a bit uh, wary of this. Uh, you see people volunteering to have like chip. What's that thing they had in the fingertips? Like magnets or something? Oyster cards, I've seen. I know of people who've had uh, oyster card chips put in their hand. That's uh, like a public transport pass in London that we have over here. So they don't have to have their card on them. They can just kind of swipe their body. I would get that, but I would get it on my penis. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd have to whip it out every time to pay the toll. I can, yeah. yeah, I can see benefits there. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion to me. Like, we have these devices which are always on our person. The next step is wearables. People are getting these watches, you know, these fucking horrible things. <laughs> you know, the next step is just to stick it under the skin, isn't it? Why not? People will volunteer. People will be queuing up yeah. to have the Apple implant whenever it comes out. Absolutely. Contact lenses. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I mean, you can take contact lenses out. That's the thing. Not if you glue them in. No. <laughs> I was thinking, Mika, I wonder if there'll be, you know, how um, people who've been in wars and whatnot and they may, maybe have a, run into an IED and they lose the legs and people, uh, they, they build these, like, exoskeleton legs for them. And I wonder if we're going to get to the point where they get so good at these prosthetics that sooner or later some guy's going to say, take off my legs, my perfectly good legs. Yes. I want the synthetic ones. Absolutely. Do you think that's coming? Yeah. I'm not going to get into it too much right now, but the, have you ever heard of the transabled people? No. Have you ever heard of transabled? No. Oh. These, are, these are people who are completely fine, but they identify as disabled. Oh, my God. Right, okay. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Why? <laughs> 
I don't know. Some people do that. Like these are people that like pour bleach into their own eyes because they want to be blind. Oh shit! That's some serious. Some, some psychic. Yeah, good luck starting a religion with that. Yeah. I would say I, don't, I can't see that catching on. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Mika, we're rocking up to an hour already. Mm. Wow. Um, where's the best place for people to get your books? You can go to Amazon, but in like our in like our community that we're all part of, like the Twitter conspiracy community kind of thing that we're all basically a part of. I know that a lot of people don't want to go through Bezos and Amazon. And I'm fine with that. That's why I started selling signed autographed copies directly from me. So find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Micah Dank. Cool. Just let me know where you heard me. Uh, and um, I'll send them directly to you. I send a ton overseas, too. You know, I do send overseas as well. And I've got four out so far, and the fifth one's coming out in a month. Nice. Right, well, we'll put all your social media links in the description. Have you a website as well, or...? Not I do. It's micadank.com. There's a couple interviews on it. There's not really much going on on there, though, but it's just like a nameplate. No worries. Well, we'll put all the links in the description. If anyone wants to check out your work, Minka's work, mm. please do if yeah. you want more information because, you know, we're just scratching the surface here in a quick... You, you can know. do another one. Listen, you guys have my info. You know, reach out to me. Let me know. You want to do an, You want to do Enoch? You want to do Revelation? You want to do both? I'll show whatever oh. you want. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll book something in. Mm. Right, well, we'll close out this section of the show. Um, thanks for joining us, Mika. Don't forget to check out the links. Stay on the line for us for two minutes while we play ourselves out, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Don't touch that dial. Thanks for joining Thank us. Cheers. Away. All right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That's our chat with Mike Mika Dank. Mm, I think it was Micah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Dank. Yeah, I think it was Micah. The real Mr. D- I think that's his Twitter handle, the real Mr. Dank. Of the American Danks. Yeah. So uh, check out the links in the description. I thought it was pretty interesting. I like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm, yeah, I'm quite interested in how it all links to um, astrology, Zodiac. It's an interesting uh, yeah, is it called, things. Eh? Is it called astrology? Is it the Zodiac? Should we call it the Zodiac rather than astrology? I don't know. Horoscopes is always linked to... Well, that's horoscopes anyway, isn't it? Different types of astrology. Do you remember esoteric astrology with Gary Kidgel? No. No? (laughs) It's like uh, three months ago or something. Was it February, I think? It's been a lot. I remember Gary. Yeah. Um, Top performing video. One of them, I should say. Yeah, a lot to go through. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I find it intriguing, all of it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, should we do some housekeeping? Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Got a great. I'm literally a communist. Come here, goose, you big. Communist. Oh, this is a value for value podcast. Mm. Find this podcast valuable. Please consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this. And Ben, you you can see, you can touch my notes. You see, I can look here they are in my oh. in my. Don't fucking pick them up. Hands. <laughs> what's, the what's the first oh, thing? What's the first thing? What's the first thing at the top of the notes? 
says housekeeping. Yeah. What's the first part of the housekeeping? Producers. Nope. Uh, oh, uh, oh, become a producer. No. <laughs> What's the first thing? What? Can you read? Why have you started reading there? Acre. It's an acronym. <laughs> value for value. Exactly. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider some return some value. I've already just done this, I'm not. Yeah, you just said that. <laughs> Stop, yeah. so we don't need to do it again. So what well, ben, do it more. Do it more and more value. But what Ben actually needed to do was say, send us things. Yes. Yeah, Captain Vague. <laughs> send us things. Like this. This is a thing. Oh my god. You could send us this, although we already have it. <laughs> so not that. Send us things that aren't this. And uh yeah. and also I change reviews. Mm. Yep. Word of mouth. Word of mouth, yeah. Tell your family. <laughs> Subscribe to the YouTube and the Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. Channels. Particularly the Odyssey for the full crypto. Crypto kickback. Yep. And the full video, because YouTube won't allow our full videos. Oh yeah, yeah. sorry. So yeah, the the, the best bits are on the Odyssey, isn't it? Where it gets taken down. Correct. Sends articles, news clips, videos. Um, artwork. Artwork. Buy some merch. From the Army Inquisition. Loot chest. Loot chest. Armish loot chest. Yeah. Link in description. Follow us on social media. Yeah, all the social medias. Mm. You can share things on social media. You can share episodes, videos on social media. That's helpful. Get the word out. Oh, on Spotify now you can share timestamp clips of podcasts. That's a new thing. Yeah, I saw that. That might be handy. If you hear something interesting, you go, oh, I know Steve down the road might like to hear that. You can can record it onto a cassette tape and post it through his door. (laughs) Steve down the road's big into uh, demon sperm. He is, yeah. yeah, He got into a bit of trouble um, a couple of years ago about that. Uh, you can email us at thearmsinquisition at gmail.com. Yeah. Anything uh, else? Jingle requests, have we had that? Mm. Yes, yeah, so you can pay for a jingle, <laughs> can't you? Yeah. You and could have the pleasure of paying us mm. for your idea for a jingle, and we will make Raisins it. Raisins and sultanas are both dried forms of what fruit? Feces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can ask for a mega mix. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll do that for you. Mm. Chop. We'll chop that shit. <laughs> we'll chop that. Feces. I'm a bit far, far too far away. I'm going to have to shuffle in. Is that it for housekeeping? Any other way so. to become a producer? You get a credit in the show notes, don't forget. Put it on Do your it. CV, your curriculum vitae. Yep, on your LinkedIn. Yeah, producer of the Arms Team episode <laughs> 184. Yeah. You could always um, toss us a fucking coin. Toss a coin to your witcher Absolutely valley of Yeah, do it for Lads, lads, lads Yeah, there is a uh, PayPal button on the website mm. And uh, you can sign up for a monthly donation A recurring donation, which are the best Yes, um, the best Because it provides security Five pounds a month What would that well, get? That would get you... <laughs> A producer credit for Absolutely, it. Yeah, it was, in yeah. yep. eternity. Of course, yeah. Yeah, because you would... Uh... No, you get one a month. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah not every episode. £20 yeah. pounds a month. Maybe we, we... we might think of that <laughs> every episode. Maybe we could put, like, your face on the website and say, look... <coughs> God, who'd want that? Well, 
if they're willing to pay five pound a month for the content. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get enough for donations, and you know it. And it really bothers me. It really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, a comment on our last YouTube video that I thought Ooh. a bit uh, bore repeating. A YouTube comment. This is from Kotick Timmy. And his comment is as follows. Terry Christian has let himself go. <laughs> Top right. Who do you think that was? Top Oops, right. Uh, is it going to be me? No, it's me. <laughs> me. Oh. Terry Christian. Yeah, from the word. From the word. From the word. Terry Christian. Jesus oh, Christmas. Christmas. It's a complete... Cunt! <laughs> Isn't he? Ter- don't look anything. It looks like Gollum, Terry Christian. Have you seen him recently? Well, no, but now it's making more sense. <laughs> don't even have a beard. Not even cool. Yeah, Terry Christian's let himself go. Top right. Favorite quotes: Read the Bill Gates video being removed. Maybe the person hit the wrong button when they meant to hit the subversive content button. No idea what he's talking about. We haven't had a Bill Gates video removed. I don't get it. It must have been something that we mentioned with Malin. What's yeah. his name? Colonoscopy. Yeah. Cock tick. Cock Timmy. Cock tickle Timmy. Cotic Timmy. I don't know. Yeah, you don't look like Terry Christian. All right. Well, thanks. You get a, you get a producer credit and a mention on <laughs> yeah. the episode. Well done. Well, he provided thirty seconds of content. He did. Didn't All he? feedback is welcomed. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of uh, last week's guest, Malin, mm-hmm. he uh, did his Friday news roundup video on, on Friday evening and he gave us a shout out. Should we play it? Love it. To All right. Ones. If you haven't had enough of me mouthing off about stuff, I featured this week on the Amish Inquisition podcast. The My second time with those. The what? What? The Amish. Are you correcting him? Yeah, I'm going to correct him. Sorry. It's the Amish good people. We talked about YouTube and shadow banning. We talked about COVID and gain-of-function research, big tech, internet censorship, India, China, climate change, you know, all the stuff. It was a great discussion. I give a link to it in the video description if you want to go and check that out. And in the oops stakes, you'll also see the moment where I implicitly insult all people who could be about to head to Portugal for their holiday without checking whether any of my three hosts had exactly that plan. Oh, how we laughed. Sadly (laughs) for him, those plans are probably under pressure right now because Portugal might not now be taking UK tourists for a few weeks. Fingers crossed that he makes it. Is it happening, your holiday or not? Well, yeah, but it was was also a joke. (coughs) So, you know, it's like... um... I don't want to say Malin is just as bad as the YouTube algorithm, but it's pretty close. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to be going to a beef there, aren't I? All right, all right, clubbing. Um, well, no, clubbing seals. You glow sticks. But I don't think it's even. I don't think it even made it on the green list, did it? Spain. Do people still no. go to a beef there? Uh, yes, Ben. Uh, the Venga boys go every year. They go on a bus. That, that must be a tough <laughs> journey. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to the island every oh. year. We're going to Ibiza. Hey, back to the island. Mm. All Is- right, Isla Nublar, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jurassic Park. Well, no. right. I love, I love you, man. Yeah, Cheers. yeah, that was great. Yeah, great feedback. And yeah, I think a good little nod. 
I enjoyed his um, history of slavery in Britain. Yeah, video. Did yeah. You watched that one, did you? Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's very good. Very informative, isn't it? Yeah, crams a lot into yeah. thirty minutes. Mm. I've been, uh, I've been told I'm the same. <laughs> you cram a lot into thirty minutes. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Should we thank the producers for episode one eight four? Yeah, I think it's time to... It's time to big up the man Dems, yo. We have Robbie Robertson, Wandering Wyatt, Nomi Nosnodge, Contact to Me, Anonymous, and everyone who bought Moose this week. You're so amazing in your love. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their... Chest feeding. Love. Literally. The best mate. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. The dwarf. The carrots. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The misogynist. The uh, tosilizu mab. The fucking vegan. The route to liberty. Can you? The lion dog face pony soldier. The asna. The corn pop cunt. The devil in the rock at a half place. The number 11. The special deposit. The big stud. The blind man. The communist. On the horizon. The cripple and the mother. Swami bickering. From like a judgment day and terminating mode like. Bring on. <laughs> yes! I don't get it. Never will. This is such a crock of feces. Yep, thanks for your support for another week. Mm. Keep the show running. I don't know. You're literally the best mates. It really does warm the cockles of my heart when we get to, when we get people helping us. All right, should we move on? COVID-19 news. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day and terminating mode like... It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. Because we're getting bored, we want to have fun. I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Did you watch the uh, Downing Street press briefing on Friday? No, I make a point of not watching them. Oh, my God. Why? Oh, Bojo put the UK on notice. Oh, this is because of the scariant. Yeah, I've the India. Some, I've seen something about the scary, but the, I've well, gone play the play the clip. <laughs> the, 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 we are concerned about this variant, uh, and that's that's the the purpose. And we're, we're serving notice that it, we do think, or I yeah. think, that it it certainly may cause disruption uh, to our attempts to continue down the roadmap. But it, they don't uh, at the moment change the assessment about uh, about step three, the, the, because if you look at the numbers, step three is happening today, Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, it seems like June the 21st is uh, not going to happen. The unleashing of all rigs. Um, there's, there's, been, there's been little preps, hasn't there, all the way along masks. Well, we might get rid of the meter plus. We might. Distancing. Um, all that kind of thing. Mm. I mean, 
June the twenty first is meant to be the releasing of all mm. restrictions, legal restrictions. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't. Uh, well, this is how he ended the press conference. I said to everybody, we'll know more in a couple of weeks. We'll know a lot more in a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll keep everybody updated as as fast as we can. It, it, this doesn't mean that uh, it's impossible uh, that we'll be able to go ahead with step four. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case at all. But it does mean there is now the risk of disruption uh, and, and delay, and delay to that ambition. And we have to be, we have to be utterly uh, realistic about that. And, uh, as I, and I want to stress again, you know, we, we take nothing on, off the table as a means of uh, controlling this virus and, and this variant, and we will do whatever it takes to, to keep you all safe. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. We've gone from this is the last lockdown. Mm. Mm. It's going to end on June to 20, the 21st yeah, okay. to it's not impossible <laughs> that will <laughs> that it'll stop on June. It's not impossible. I mean, that if you need any more prepping, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, in the press over the weekend, local restrictions are, are being touted now. Oh, fucking so, uh, you know, again. Lancashire back into level four. Great. That's what we never left it, did we, basically? Did we we have, have, Bolton has never left the highest tier of restrictions, <laughs> and they're going to be the first. Bolton uh, and Blackburn, but, probably us as well. But this is the thing now. They've been doing it for more than 18 months. And <laughs> it just doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. It so doesn't. they could just continue going down the same... <laughs> Path. It's insane. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Mm-hmm. One thing I've picked up in the media, which I've noted here, is all the talk of the transmissibility of the new variant. Mm. Transmissibility. If it's more transmissible, we're in trouble. Transmissibility. Transmissibility. <laughs> no mention of lethality. No. Now, if something's more transmissible but less lethal, that's a good thing. That's fine, yeah. I would say, you know, lock up the old folks and let's go hog wild. <laughs> well, well, I mean, personally, I think we should have done that last spring. But yes, I mean, is there any? Does this make biological sense that as a virus mutates, that it could potentially become less lethal, so it become become more transmissible but less lethal That's at what the same no- time? Normally happens, isn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, a virus doesn't want to kill its host. No. Uh, that's not very good. Ideally, you want to you want to be so stealthy as a virus that you infect everyone and and propagate your genes forevermore <laughs> without it's, killing the host. It's weird though because it's a weird thing, isn't it? It's not this debate whether it's alive, life, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. It has no consciousness, no motive. Can't be reasoned or rationalized. Well, it can't be reasoned with. Although they do often speak of it as the virus wants to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the virus wants. Yeah. It's a very strange thing, isn't it? The virus. When you start looking into them, just generally. I think we've covered this in like episode 70. So. There'll, be, I, there'll be tons of viruses that the human race has endured since the, the dawn of man that have then ended up being part of our makeup and yeah. almost allowing us to be who we are, potentially extending our lifespan beyond mm. where it used to be. There was a weird thing that came out a year or two ago about the placenta, about the placenta maybe being related to like a viral evolution or something. 
it was a very strange article that I can't pretend that I actually understood. But the classic one is the mitochondria in your um, cells that create the energy you need to to live mm. um, is related to by a bacterium and you think that we were infected by said bacterium over and over again a number of years ago now well like in the 80s yeah <laughs> and then we we kind of assimilated it into into what it is now yeah i mean it's funny when you try and contemplate where does the human organism begin and end yeah. because you know we're 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 symbiotic in a lot of ways with our gut biome and everything else you know yeah. I think there's. I read a stat somewhere that we're actually more non-human than human. <laughs> we're transhuman already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the next religion. It's it's realizing our <coughs> our uh, bacterial and virological origins. Overlords. Overlords. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a really good interview for the Spectator magazine this week. I don't know. Have you checked out the Spectator YouTube channel? No, I um, they put some funny things on Instagram though. Oh, do they? Mm, just uh, it's normally the the advert for the the, the weekly issue. I think Bojo used to be the editor there. One the of spectator, them. I think. I think he wrote for one, didn't he? He wrote. For, did he not write for the Times or the Telegraph? Who trusts him to be an editor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he used to write for one. The just did the cartoons. What's the other one? There's a Spectator and there's another one, isn't there? It's a satirical. Is one not like left wing and one right? Yeah. Oh, Hislops. Yeah, Private Eye. That's, private, that's Hislop. Yeah, he's yeah. been editor there for forever, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the Spectator. They had a video. They had uh, Professor of Statistics Simon Wood at University of Edinburgh, and Professor Tim Spector oh, from yeah. the Zoe app, who's quite prominent, isn't he, in the media? Not Phil Spector's. Not Phil Spector. Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Spector. Tim Spector. Okay. You know what the Zoe app is? This is that thing that's been tracking stuff, isn't it? It's a symptom tracker app, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. They have millions of people. Mm. I think it's only maybe a few hundred thousand in the US. Right. A couple hundred thousand, three hundred thousand maybe. I think they've 80,000 in Sweden. Right. Uh, but millions, I think maybe two million in the UK maybe wow. signed up to it. So it's a massive, massive data mine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this uh, interview, they went over various different things. They went over Sweden, and this Simon Wood, who's the statistician, was looking at lockdowns, implementation and effectiveness of lockdowns. Um, and I just took two clips from the end of the the video where Fraser Nelson's going in for the kill with Tim Spector, basically, because it seems like the professors are catching up with the COVID idiots in regards <laughs> to lockdown efficacy. Anyway, this is uh, clip one. Right. Um, so, uh, Tim Spector, then, finally, um, we've got the REACT2 study, the ONS data, we've got the ZOE study from your app. All of these, is it the case that all of these suggest that COVID infections were falling before lockdown? And if so, does that mean that the whole premise of the political conversation, that every day until lockdown was a day of surging infections, might be based on a false premise? I think so, when put in those black and white terms, yes. I mean, I, I think it's all a question of whether you think the only message is the lockdown, yes or no, rather than giving people, you know, the, the individual uh, warnings and risks to behave appropriately. And I think that's what's been underestimated. And that's also, you know, why the imperial modelling got it 
got it so wrong is they just totally didn't factor in individual change as bodies were appearing and ambulances all over the place, which is natural human behaviour. So he waffles on a bit to sort of, you know, it's not a black and white, so Fraser Nelson goes back in for the kill. Last question. Mm-hmm. Straight answer. You know, were COVID cases rising when we locked down? Right. So as we've seen, you know, lots of data now. Are you aware of any data, Tim Spector, that suggests the cases were rising at the point of lockdown? Um, no good data that I'm aware of, no. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Can we can we settle this then? Well, the lockdowns were useless. Cases were already falling. Oh right, okay. every lockdown, all three. Right, okay. Wow. From Zoe, react to ONS. Really? You know when the government come, you know uh, Chris Whitless and Patrick Unbalanced. They'll they'll use they'll use figures like reported um, um, date of registration of deaths. Yeah, right. Whereas these other guys, the proper statisticians, will use date of death, mm-hmm. and they can work backwards. They can use there's some pretty good research on how you know the averages that it takes from time from infection to death, mm. and they can backtrack it and see where was the peaks in cases, where's the peaks in deaths, where are the lockdowns implemented, mm. and it's it's about I think it's about a twenty minute video. They go into loads of detail, describe how it works. It's great. I mean, I've seen it loads of times. The, the Sweden people superimpose the Sweden and the UK mm. infections graphs, and they go like this, like, that's UK, that's Sweden. Mm. Oh. oh, dear. So they're the same. The lockstep. Yeah. Now, the major difference is, is that Sweden didn't use the force of law. Mm. No, they gave advice. They followed the World Health Organization traditional pandemic guidelines. Don't you know? You don't quarantine people. Don't mm. tell people healthy people to stay indoors. No. Try and protect the vulnerable. And they made a mess of it in the old folks' homes, where, where nearly all their deaths were. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, you know, if you believe in the scientific method, if you have a hypothesis, this is what lockdowns do. If you have one example that disproves your hypothesis, you've got to go back to the drawing board. It's mm. disproven. You can't say, oh, well, it worked in Norway. <laughs> well, well, no, it didn't work in Sweden. It's, it's not had a, there's no correlation in Florida. Mm-hmm. You, you can't cherry pick. If you have a hypothesis and you have one good, well-sourced, evidenced example of it not working, then you've got to chuck it out. Go back to the drawing board. But, it's political and it's an ideology now. Yes, and it's moralised as well, isn't it? The whole thing's around it. Oh, yeah. And I listened to the rest of that... Fucking uh, granny killer. Exactly. And <laughs> I listened to that Matthew... Is it Matthew Crawford on Unheard? Not Michael Crawford. No. <laughs> the Phantom. It's his son. Betty. <laughs> it's his son. Oh, you, you went back and listened to the full thing? Yeah. Um, I listened to it over a couple of days. And he was kind of saying... Um, that yeah, it's only like forty minutes long. I don't know why it took two days, but it did. Um, <laughs> that um, it, it, people don't people want to be locked down. Yeah. That's the thing <laughs> philosophically, isn't it? There's this kind of thing, that, and he he's kind of he came back with the thing that it, it makes life more simple because 
the decisions are taken away. So when everything's taken away from you, shall all the shops close, you can't go anywhere. It makes life simple because you don't have loads of decisions to make anymore yeah. about what you want to do. And that's what a lot of people want. They want that that kind of lazy living. Yeah. <coughs> I that's think if I... they'd gone the other way, they'd still be a huge seg- section of people who were just still angry. Like the same amount of people who were angry at lockdowns and saying, oh, this is... This is terrible. There'll be a similar number of people who would, if we hadn't done the lockdowns, mm. been angry about not being locked down. Of course, yeah. Because 0.4% of infected people have died. Or whatever it is. But making numbers up. 0.15. According to Aeneas. And I suppose there would have been some sort of risk analysis there. Not in terms of risk, no. risk to people, but in terms of risk to how does this look? to me politically maybe uh, well i think the thing is isn't it if they hadn't have locked down and the everyone would have been saying well if you'd have locked down x you know x amount of people wouldn't have died and all the rest of it they went in this uh spectator <coughs> they went over that um oxford who's the modeling group that ferguson's in charge of oh god does um imperial imperial released uh, a model a few months ago um, and it was the one, it got a lot of press coverage that said if the government had locked down a week earlier, it would have saved 20,000 lives. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I remember that. They, they basically, yeah, just completely debunked it. It's nonsense. But this is the thing now, because that Professor Ferguson is a media personality, <coughs> then all, like we were talking about, they've transcended science now, haven't they? It's no longer that they, you know, they're writing these sh- reports in um journals and things they're on the news every day it's a popularity contest just now. look at the papers like all this weekend mm. they've they've been trying to stop the this last stage three unlocking they've been out in the media all weekend yeah saying we need to stop and no, slow no, down scientists wild, aren't used to fame and they've got a taste for it i, I can say this i'm a scientist <laughs> they've got used to it and now and they want more so you know, if we suddenly go back to normal, they're out of the picture. Back to the back to the bench. Back took, to the Bunsen burners. I took some bits out of the Guardian from yesterday, and it, this is an analysis piece. Apparently, uh, without the new variant, outbreak modelers advising Sage anticipated a modest third wave in July and August. Whatever in the summer, with perhaps four thousand to eleven thousand more deaths. That works out one hundred eighty-three. So these modelers are a, predicting a 183 deaths a day in July and August without when, unlocking. But this is, we unlocked last summer <coughs> without a vaccine and all the rest of it. And this is the other thing, it's just, it is, this is what's infuriating is, you know, what's the point in having a vaccine? Yeah. It's they, just wild what yeah. they're saying. Their concerns are backed by the SAGE Committee, which advised ministers on 5th of May that pushing down cases of variant infections was now priority for policy. A highly transmissible variant, one that spreads more easily than the Kent variant, could lead, in quotes, could lead to a very significant wave of infections, potentially larger than seen in January 2021, if there were no interventions. Give me a break. Right? Probably, and they did, they've done models on this. Uh, <laughs> it raises the prospect of it sp- spreading up to 60% more easily. To get some idea of what faster spreading variant could mean for the months ahead, modelling teams that feed into SAGE worked up different scenarios. This is assuming the vaccines hold up, more people could be hospitalised than in the first wave, putting the NHS at risk if the variant is much more than 30% more transmissible. This is University of Warwick. 
At 40% more transmissible, hospitalizations could reach 6,000 per day, far above the peak of the second wave, and 10,000 a day if the variant is 50% more transmissible. This is with the vaccine. They're saying it's going to be worse than it was in the winter if how, this is 50% more how transmissible. Is, how is that possible? Because they're just feeding junk in, junk out. <laughs> it's fucking models. It's fairy tales. It's nonsense. A third wave of the coronavirus will drive people into hospital despite mass vaccination programme. While the vast majority of older and more vulnerable people have been inoculated, the vaccines are not 100% effective and don't work in everyone. As a result, scientific advisors expect many of those hospitalised in the third wave to have been vaccinated, just not well protected. Modelling from London School of Hygiene Tropical Medicine seen by Sage on May 5th found that a 50% more transmissible variant, the Indian variant, could trigger a third wave with deaths peaking at a thousand a day in late July. It was deaths with COVID, isn't it? As well. I'll go back to that. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. The trade-off is more infections in younger, healthy people. And while they are much less likely to die from the disease, they are a real risk from long COVID. Oh, long COVID in which patients continue to suffer from fatigue, brain fog, or other debilitating symptoms. Mm. This is what people are reading when they read The Guardian. But this is the thing again. You're being prepped. It's about... um, That's what sells, though, isn't it? Scary news stories. But why are these scientists briefing the press like this? They just... It's like they want it. Yeah, so they maintain that popularity and fame for more months the other thing as well is maybe that it's because again if I I don't actually believe it myself but maybe it's because they feel if even if there's the slightest chance that this happens then and they knew it then they could be strung up in the uh, public inquiry now is it not? They're getting strung up anyway, I think, with the public inquiry. Everyone is. I'm pretty sure, wasn't there... Has he not... Bojo not said something about the inquiry yeah, this week? Yeah, it's been announced. Next year? 22, June 22, I think. Starting next year? Yeah. Uh, 22. So maybe by 2027, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it tends to take, like, five years. How long was the Chilcot inquiry? Still oh, going on, I think. Yeah, rat, rat war. Yeah. Yeah. Like a decade, that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was ancient Sumer when they started the Iraq <laughs> inquiry. Now, <laughs> through the Persian Empire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, they caught, yeah, the victory steely of Nairam Sindh <laughs> was referenced heavily. No, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, Canada have fallen out with the AZ vaccine. Oh. Uh, another province has decided not to give it because of blood clots. But I just pulled this clip because I like the way they re- they worded it. Something in this, you have to listen quite hard. Ontario has joined Alberta in pausing the use of AstraZeneca vaccines for first doses. Cases of blood clots after use of AstraZeneca have increased slightly from one in a hundred thousand to one in sixty thousand. They've increased slightly. From one in a hundred thousand to one in sixty thousand. Now, to me, that's a forty percent increase, <laughs> not slightly. That's nearly doubled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That just caught me. Yeah, that's all. It did, but they've stopped using it. But I, did did we not say um, that allegedly the Pfizer one causes even more, but not in the brain or something? 
Splanchnik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's PR, isn't it? Yeah. Who's got the best marketing teams more important? Yeah. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm disappointed with the lack of incentives in the UK for vaccinating people. Were we not getting paid? No, oh. nothing. Why did you guys not get paid? <laughs> <laughs> Were you a part of the clinical trial? Always. Or did they get a hundred quid or something? Wasn't I don't know it? what. They must have got something. I thought it was a hundred quid and then a hundred quid per visit they got. Was it? I don't know. Do you know when um, Moderna manufactured their first clinical dose of vaccine? <laughs> like the day after. Ninth, 9th of February. Last year? 2020. Well, when was it going off in China? December. I remember it being an issue in December, so... China sequenced it early January. I want to say, like, the 8th of January. Right. And Moderna had their first vaccine clinically uh, manufactured a month later. They would have been lobbying from January to Feb, saying, need to keep an eye on this. This old COVID, this uh, this this virus has n- definitely not had gain of function. Oh, definitely not. No. No, the bats flew a thousand miles and bit, bit the mouse. <laughs> and then the mouse ended up on the chopping board at the seafood market. Yeah. Maybe someone like that. Whoa, mouse, seafood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. German mouse. <laughs> Anyway, we've heard of Krispy Kremes. Do you remember Krispy Kremes giving out the uh, free donuts if you got vaccinated? Ooh, oh yeah. Really? I bet it was one of just a nice ring, wasn't it? I bet it wasn't uh, one of yeah. the lovely ones. I don't know. I've never had one. <laughs> you never had a Krispy Kreme? I didn't know they did them over here. I'm going oh, to. Yeah. I'm going to bring a dozen. Yeah, educate Phil. Yeah, they're lovely. They are excellent. Um, there was a press conference in New York this mm. week, and New York Mayor Bill de Blasio was delivering his press conference about the vaccination rates and he, he handed over to the CEO of Shake Shack. Are you familiar with Shake Shack? No. It's a New York company. It's like a surf shack, but they do burgers, <laughs> junk food. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Shack facts. <laughs> We've got one more we want to add for you, uh, New York. You know, this is the CEO with his pitch. You no, know, these incredible mobile vaccine buses that are serving some of our most underserved communities here in New York. When you get your vaccine over this next few days, we're going to get you with a free Shack Burger card every time you get your vaccine. Even better than that, our 25 Shacks around New York City. Anytime you go for the next month, you're there grabbing your burger, your chicken sandwich. Show us your vaccine card. We'll get you a free fries on us uh. to say thank you. We are so excited. We love this city. We live here, too. And we're going to get back. Get your vax, get your shack, and let's gather up as a community again. Um, the Shake Shack team is here for you in New York. We'll see you soon all around New York City and Shack. It's actually cheaper to not have the fries. <laughs> <laughs> Gets weirder. So, right, that was the... He was out in front of one of his Shake Shack stores, the original one in New mm-hmm. York. So then it goes back to the mayor. In the press conference, he has fries and burger and this in shoes. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you to the whole Shake Shack team. This is really going to help us out. And did you say free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. <laughs> You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Oh, I can hear him. Wait a minute. But there's also What's he a, doing to get these a, fries? <laughs> <laughs> It's been vaccinated. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so he's eating uh, in the press conference, and it gets burger element to this. Burger element. Let me let me check with Bill Neithart. Is it two or Bill who? <laughs> Bill Bill Neithart. <laughs> it must be like he's the guy running the briefing. <laughs> Sorry, but if, if the application form comes across your desk, <laughs> no, Bill brackets. <laughs> so who have we got? Who's applied for uh, communications chief? Bill Bill Neithart. <laughs> Uh, it's pronounced retard. <laughs> Early in the day, eat a burger. No. This could be breakfast. Okay. I want you to look at this and think about. Again, some people love hamburgers, some don't. Really want to respect all yeah, ways be, of life. Got to be equal opportunities. It's no good for the vegans. This, but just the way it's weird how it ties this shit together. But if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. Thank you to Randy Garudi. Oh, that's awful. God, there's so many broken people out there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. We've had nothing in this country, have we? No, no incentives whatsoever. No, we just lap it up, don't we? We just want <laughs> On the vaccines, yeah. stab me up. Yeah, I'll give you fries for my vaccine. Oh, you you bring me <laughs> coffee. It's fine. Well, on hearing on hearing this, uh, the governor of Ohio, when it came to vaccine incentives, said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold my beer. <laughs> check check this out." Two weeks from tonight, on Wednesday, May twenty sixth, we will announce the winner of a drawing of all those 17-year-olds and under who have been vaccinated, and the winner, the winner, will receive a full four-year scholarship to any one of our state universities. This will include tuition, room and board, and books. So for the kids, for the kids to get the jab, you get a a lottery ticket to uh, get a free... University education, all expenses paid. In mm-hmm. in Ohio, right? In any state facility <laughs> in Ohio, yeah. Yeah, okay. What about the adults? Two weeks from tonight, on May 26th, we will announce a winner of a separate drawing for adults, adults who have received at least their first dose of the vaccine. This announcement will occur each Wednesday for five weeks, and the winner each Wednesday will receive $1 million. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. Is the uptake really low in Ohio then or something? Must be. No, no. It is ridiculous, isn't it, that they're offering a fucking lottery with a million dollar prize (laughs) to have a vaccine. For five weeks? Five consecutive weeks? Yeah. Our incentive is you what, can go so to the pub. Each week? Yeah. For five weeks? This is the fucking thing, right? Because, you know, having a vaccine in the UK, I, I, I just want to go to the pub. Oh, man. That's it. Yeah. In the end, it will be your route to liberty. Exactly, yeah. I've been sold a lie. Yeah. Yeah. I was quite impressed, to be honest. Five million? Where's that money coming from? 
Well, old potatoes. Isn't that that fucking two trillion (laughs) dollar... Right, well, I'm the governor of Ohio and I want a guarantee that we're going to have a five-week, one million dollar a week lottery written into that two trillion bailout thing. Vaccines cost $100. Well, they were were talking about it on um, PM on Radio 4, this $2 trillion thing, and they were sort of talking about how everybody tacks in their little bits of... So it gets through the house or whatever, I don't really understand. So, you know, in order to get through, someone will say, well, yeah, I'll vote for it if you do X, Y, and Z, and that gets tacked onto it. It's like lobbying, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, like... So you have to build, like, five libraries in (laughs) certain states, and then you have to do this, do this, do that. that. So it's not actually... You know, for infrastructure. No, I'm sure I've seen a Simpsons episode that explains this really well. <laughs> well probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a negotiation, isn't it? Yeah. There's a really interesting paper came out that I found this week. It's on the Med Archive about the vaccines. It's the headline. Research suggests Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine reprograms your innate immune responses. Great. Uh, researchers in the Netherlands and Germany have warned that Pfizer-BioNTech's coronavirus disease vaccine induces complex reprogramming of innate immune responses that should be considered in the development and use of mRNA-based vaccines. Jorge, Dominguez, Andres and colleagues colleagues say that while the vaccine has been shown to be up to 95% effective in preventing infection with SARS-CoV-2 and subsequent COVID-19, Little is known about the broad effects the vaccine may have on the innate and adaptive immune responses. Uh, in the current study, and this is a preprint, so it's not peer-reviewed, take that as it is, um, but the research team is pretty... Well, here we are. The research team from Radboud University Medical Centre and Erasmus Medical Centre in the Netherlands and the Helmholtz Centre for Infection Research... Hanover Medical School and the University of Bonn in Germany. Uh, they confer- confirm the efficacy of the Pfizer vaccination at inducing effective humoral and cellular immunity against SARS-CoV-2 variants. However, they also showed that the vaccine altered the production of inflammatory cytokines by innate immune cells following stimulation from both specific SARS-CoV-2, and non-specific stimuli. The non-specific stimuli being viral, fungal, and bacterial. Following vaccination, innate immune cells had a reduced response to toll-like receptor 4, so TLR4, TLR7, and TLR8, all ligands that play an important role in the immune response to viral infection. Netta and colleagues also found that cytokine responses to fungi were increased following the mRNA vaccination. This is in quotes. The Pfizer vaccine induces complex functional reprogramming of innate immune responses, which should be considered in the development and use of this new class of vaccine. Or you could just give them to hundreds of millions of people. Uh, still in quotes, these results collectively demonstrate that the effects of the Pfizer vaccine go beyond the adaptive immune system. The Pfizer vaccine induces reprogramming of innate immune responses as well, and this needs to be taken into account. Mm. 
Our findings need to be confirmed by conducting larger cohort studies with populations with diverse backgrounds. Well, that's good because we're giving it hundreds of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Plenty to go out there. Um, while further studies should examine the potential interactions between Pfizer vaccine and other vaccines. Mm. Yeah, so you've got two your immune systems in two parts, isn't it? Adaptive. Yep. Your uh, antibodies. Mm-hmm. And your innate. Mm. I think part of the reason that kids get off so lightly with this virus is the innate immune response. Yeah. So things to probably consider, especially with kids, I would imagine. Yeah. But uh, you all saw that in the news, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think it was on... uh, Was it on News Round? RT. (laughs) Was it on RT? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's only a preprint. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be disproven, but it could have serious implications, potentially, is my reading of it. The link will be in the show notes anyway, as always, for anyone who wants to read the entire... That was from an article that was reporting on the paper. The paper is on Med Archive, and the link will be in the description. Written by um, Dr. Retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Retard. Um did you see Ray Winston this week sharing his um, <laughs> his uh, foreign travel escapades? No. I think he has a place in Sicily. Right. And uh, he was going to Sicily and he was having to jump through all these hoops and uh, he put a a video on Twitter of him. I think he's in the airport. <laughs> it's not very... It's not a happy chappy. So we had to get a fit the fly test, COVID test, which cost £149 that's two pounds short of 300 quid now that was all all right plus all the paperwork and that and once we got to Sicily I was tested we was tested at Palermo airport it was free after five days in isolation we were tested in Bavona in Sicily and that was free so everything's so that's when he arrived. Mm-hmm. He had to pay for a test mm-hmm. in the UK about coming home from Sicily. There's more. Now, when we're leaving Palermo, Sicily, I've, um, I've had to do all this documentation for the British government saying what the reason why I'm travelling back to England with my wife informed that then I have to have two tests when I get home and my wife has to have two tests when we get home at £149 each so that's just under 600 quid for us to fly home so I go and do a test first in Bavona again a fit to fly same as the thing I'm going to do in England and it's free so can someone tell me why the fuck we're paying for this? It's like another tax, isn't it? He's got a point. Um, isn't that yeah. just discouraging people from flying, basically? That's what he says. Yeah. I clipped it short because it was going. He was dragging on in mm. his delivery, but he says, "Yeah, they don't want us to go fucking anywhere." Do they? <laughs> well, yeah, that's basically what it is, isn't it? I would have thought. But it's free in Italy. Yeah, you know. Um, do they the Italians not 
are, are the Italian, Italians not discouraging foreign travel? Is it just the UK? Or is it cronyism? Cronyism. Probably someone's mate, isn't it? Making them in a farm or something. Uh, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was my favourite happening, I think, of this week. See if you can figure out what's going on here. This guy has just shat on the floor. This guy has actually just shat on the floor. Is that banner? Is that banner? <laughs> Is that banner? <laughs> that was amazing, that video. What was it? <clears throat> This was a really well. I'll, I'll say what happened in the video. So this was this was a guy who may or may not have been homeless, but he had um, may not have been. But anyway, so he was outside an M and S. Marks, Marks and Spencer's. Uh, Marks and Spencer's department which, store. Yes, and there was someone in in high vis behind him who was a, a security guard. I reckon not not a copper. Um, and he copper would have shot him yeah. on the spot. He. At the point of being filmed, he was just wiping his ass. Oh my god, he's wiping his ass! <laughs> <laughs> and he'd done a massive shit on the pavement outside the shop. Uh-huh. Um, but this was in the same week that I was doing social anxiety, right, mm-hmm. on uh, university for my current course. And sort of like the model of in CBT of social anxiety is like the center of it is something called processing the self as a social object. So you think that everybody's looking at you and is watching you all the time and judging you and stuff like that. It's not, it's kind of like paranoia, but not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but what amazed me about that video, if you watch it, other than the, the, the guy filming him across the road, it's just, he's got his. <laughs> He's dicking balls out. There's a turd next to him on the floor. His bags are next to him on the floor, and he's wiping his ass. And people are just walking past without even yeah. looking at him. Not even, not even, you know, not a care in the world. Nobody's noticing that he's doing a big shit. You forgot. I got hairy legs. Yeah, I got hairy legs. Um, so I thought that was amazing that nobody was even was paying him any attention except the guy across the road. Someone else's problem, isn't it? Yeah. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> He doesn't give a fuck. No. It was great. Is that banter? He he had an M&S bag with what I I deduced was loaves of bread. (laughs) Maybe he was going to wipe his ass on it. (laughs) Do you remember when when he's getting ready to go, he puts his rucksack on, then he picks up the M&S bag and it looks like two loaves of bread fall out. Right, okay. So there was a theory that he'd gone in... Nick the bread took a shit outside. <laughs> He'd gone in and tried to use the toilet inside. Yeah, that's why. That maybe thought. the staff, yeah, had refused entry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know what to do. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, I'm gonna do a big shit outside your door. Oh my god, he's wiping his ass. No. Yeah. And he's a solicitor, you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that was yeah. So that was amazing. Just watching that. And there's like a social thing as well. There's like there's like one thing that caught me my attention was like a group of girls just walk past him, but they're all chatting to each other and don't even look at him. Yeah, there was an odd plip, an odd person bystander who noticed what was going on, but didn't <laughs> even. I mean, you wouldn't try and intervene, would you? Yeah. You'd say, "Whoa, yeah, you got that." Hey, mate, is this your shit? <laughs> Pull that back. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fucking big, wasn't it? Because he went across the road eventually when the guy walked off. 
Got a close up. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a big turd. Close up of the feces, <laughs> the bolus. <laughs> oh Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing that made me laugh was I'm pretty sure he nicked some napkins as well because he was wiping his ass with napkins. Yeah, he didn't have toilet roll. It was napkins. It was definitely napkins. Did he not throw them on the floor as well? Well, you wouldn't keep them, would you? If you got, <laughs> you if you got that know. far. Unless it was a Hollywood ending, oh, can you use that again? No, oh. it definitely wasn't. <laughs> the way he threw them, tossed them aside and with disdain. Oh, I'd love to know more about that story. Could we get him on as a guest? Exactly. How has he not been... Found. Outed. Yeah. How many, how many shares had that video had in... Oh, it's tens of thousands of right, views. Okay. okay. It was Oxford Street, wasn't it? In London. Well, it was a Birmingham accent. Was he not a Birmingham accent? Is that Batman? <laughs> That's London, that. Maybe. Oh. I, might, I might be confusing it with a different video. Usually when something... Well, nothing like this happened before. <laughs> but usually when something along these lines happens, the person is found. Well, it was on the sun, because I Googled it myself. Oh. It was in the Sun newspaper, but it didn't have any... And it blurred his face on that. Yeah, and it bleeped the swearing. All oh, right, okay. Did it, yeah. You don't give a... But... Beep, beep. You don't give a... Yeah, that sounds a bit more that London-y, doesn't it, that voice? Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. It's just that banter. banter. <laughs> Apparently, it's rife in, like, uh, L.A., uh, San Francisco, yeah. San Francisco, sorry. Yeah. Shitting in the shit everywhere, yeah. It's on a, wasn't he was there, just on holiday. <laughs> wasn't there an app where in yes. for San Francisco we could see all the turds? Yeah. There was something like that, wasn't there? I remember we might have discussed that. Why is that that people shit in the street? Is it homeless or <laughs> keep complaining that people on the homeless people? They just don't care. I mean, I would, if it was like diarrhea... I would have some sympathy, maybe. But no, he's just curled one off. Yeah, try and find an alley somewhere. It might have yeah. been. It might have I been. I think that's why. I think that's the that's the red flag. <laughs> the fact that he's curled one off right outside the store. Yeah. Rather than being caught short. Mm. I think and, he's just angry. It's yeah, the ultimate yeah. power move, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty oh, protest. What he should have done, he's then picked it up. And thrown it Straight in. out the window. <laughs> 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 really? No. Yeah. Smushed it in. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we're knocking on for time already. Yeah. I've got a commute. Yeah, I know, yeah. Commuting. Fucking hell. Oh, dear. I used to this shit. Oh, well. What do we know about Jackie Weaver? Um, she... She presented a Brit, didn't she, or something? She has no authority. You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. Right. She has no authority. You remember who she is, don't you? Yeah. 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 Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Um, check this out. <laughs> you have no authority there, Jackie Weaver. No authority at all. She just kicked him out. Hello and 
welcome to my new podcast, Jackie Weaver Has the Authority. <laughs> Every episode, I'll be joined by a guest as we have the authority to answer any question you may have. Silly, serious, oh. everything in between. Think of us as your new agony aunts. If you'd like to ask something for a future episode, you can tweet at Jackie Weaver Pod or email Jackie at GideonComedy.com. Make sure you read the standing orders and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you have the authority to leave a nice review too. See you soon. I was thrown out of the meeting. Tweet your questions to at Jackie Weaver Pod. Is that banter? <laughs> it's not banter. She has a fucking Patreon. Oh, how many people have you got already? Oh, I've no idea. It's not been released yet. It's coming oh, out. I think this week is going to be the first episode. Well, I'm going to Google Jackie Weaver Patreon then. I reckon it's private. She won't say how many Patreons she has. It'll be more than we have, though. I'm sure yeah, she. I'm Patreon. sure she was at the Brits. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie has. How many Patreon Patreons does Jackie Weaver have? That is an excellent question. I want to know. Three patrons. Really, it's pro- it's public. Yeah, it says three patrons. Okay, ten grand each. Injected with nanobots. Nanobots. Ang- ag- Agony Ant podcast. The lads, lads, lads. Ten percent from every patron donation will be donated to the Diana Award. What's that? Landmines. Is <laughs> that Wonder Woman? Bullion. Bullion. Yeah. Gold bullion. Yeah, <laughs> buy up bullion. <laughs> cool and re-educate them all hell's gonna break loose and you're gonna need a bitcoin yeah have you hung on to any of your ethereum Ben I've got a little bit I, I sold a lot of it to buy crypto buy keys <laughs> isn't it uh, they're talking about it going up to 20k now aren't they yeah if I'd have kept hold of it I'd well I don't know you'd have maybe paid off your mortgage a bit earlier maybe how much would you have had if you kept it do you think how many ethers did you have? That peak peak Ethereum. How did how many coins did you have? I had one point three oh. at one point. It's not a great deal. Oh so God! That, wouldn't that be like twenty or grand then? Twenty no, grand. It'd be, it'd be six grand. now. All right. And when I had it, it was probably seven hundred quid. Mm. Yeah. The talk of it going up to twenty, but that's sort of pie in the sky. Right. Yeah, it's not a great amount. Oh, so I'm not. not, not I'm to not too worried. Might have got you like a. A nice kitchen. Might have paid for a caravan or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Something nice like that. And like a year's storage or something. Yeah. <laughs> Should we fuck off into the night? Let's do it. Yeah. We'll have to leave uh, my dream about Matt's wife for next week. Oh, man. Oh, no. Dr- yeah, I did. I had a dream about your wife. Last night? Uh, Friday night. So it's before... Just after I had sex. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I'll ask her to listen to this one. Tune in next week to find out. No, it wasn't a sexual dream. Not with me, anyway. Was it about her big hands? I was just watching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the lights have gone funny. What's going on? Disco mode. Right, we'll sign off for this week. Yeah, yeah. see you next time. We're fading the lights out yeah. at the same time as the audio. Ooh. Ooh. Praise Jabalon. Okay. Take care of yourselves and each other. 
raisins and sultanas are both dried forms of what fruit? Karan. Karan. A fucking vegan. Here's more from Dick Pound. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. And corn pop was a bad stew. I'm a blind man. Put on your fucking muzzle if you go to the shop. I can smell hot. I can smell hot. Grab his dick and twist it! Oh my. Fuck off.